0: No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Kill Damsgaard. Oh, it's a wonderful goal. England concede their first goal at the tournament. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Saka trying to stop him from doing so. Sterling is down. He's not keeping one tonight. Listen to the roar of 67. Hello, welcome to Years of Hurt, a Euro 2020 podcast with me, Richard Carey. And what on earth is going on? England are in the Euros final. Is this even real? I mean, we called this show Years of Hurt, thinking that it was always going to carry on forever. And now it looks like England might actually win a competition. We have to change the name of the show. It's an absolute disaster, to be honest with you. (laughs) I'm joking, of course. But on the show today, we're going to recap the two semi semi-finals. Uh, as England faced Denmark, of course, and Italy faced Spain. Plus, in honour of the little car returning at the semi-finals, we'll have your Dream 11s of cars. First let's talk about England versus Denmark. England had a bit of a semi-final curse at major tournaments. They lost their last four in 1968, 1990, 1996 and 2018. They are looking to break the curse against an informed Denmark who were confident after beating England's neighbours Wales in the second round 4-0 and getting past the Czech Republic in the quarterfinals. Could the free Lions finally break the curse and get to the final? So Kane crossed the ball in, Sterling couldn't get on the end of it. Sterling cut inside, but his shot was straight at the keeper. England gave two free kicks away, Damsgaard took the second, and he levered it into the top of the net. It's England's first goal conceded at Euro 2020. What a goal it was as well, fantastic. So I think it's the first free kick, actually, that's gone in at the Euros as well. 1-0 to Denmark. Saka played it to Kane on the right. He crossed it low to Sterling, but Schmeichel was big and saved it. It's a through ball by Kane. Saka made the low cross on the right, and Kajir sent it into his own net and own goal. Number 11, everyone. It came off his knee and went the net. I mean, Raheem Sterling was going to get on the end of that if he didn't. In the second half, Mailer played it to Dolberg. His low shot was saved well by Pickford, but offside was given after the fact. Mason Mount had a free kick. Maguire had a header, and it was a wonder save from Schmeichel to keep it level. Dolberg turned and shot straight at the keeper. Phillips played a through ball to Mount, but it came to nothing. Kane went down in the box. The ref gave a free kick to Denmark, not a penalty. It's kind of 50-50 that one, and from certain angles it looked like a stonewall penalty. From other angles it looked like a definite foul the other way, so I'm not really sure what to say there. Sterling played it to Kane, who played it to Phillips, but his shot was always rising over the bar, and at full time it finished, England won, Denmark won, so we needed some extra time. In extra time, Walker played the free ball to Kane. He shot from a tight angle, but it was another good save from Casper Schmeichel. Sterling made a run into the box, he went down, and a penalty to England was given. But, what does the VAR say? Va, va. So after a little bit of deliberation, VAR agreed with the ref. I think it was a case of there wasn't enough evidence to overturn it. And the penalty was given. It was perhaps a little bit harsh as Sterling went down easily. But Mailer did have his leg out. So maybe perhaps something there, but not really too much, really. I think there's been quite a controversial penalty to give, especially under the circumstances. So Harry Kane stepped up. He took the penalty to the right, but it was saved by Schmeichel. But Kane got a rebound and put it into the net. 2-1 England. How about that? A missed penalty gives England the lead. You just couldn't write this, could you? Braithwaite had a shot from distance. It had perhaps a deflection on it, but Pickford made a good save. England passed the ball around for like two full minutes just to eat the time up. It was like amazing stuff. It ended with Sterling's run and shot, which was saved by Schmeichel. But after extra time, it finished. England 2 Denmark won. Yes, England are in the final of Euro 2020. I know it seems very strange to say those words. I know we're not used to finals around here. We're used to crushing disappointment. But yes, England actually got through. And I do think they deserve to get through. Had a really... We're sort of dominating the end of the game. But they did get very lucky, really, with that goal. And maybe you do need a bit of luck at these tournaments to actually get through. And people were saying, you know, England have had luck against, going against them in the past. Like the hand of God or... The um, Lampard was it over the line ball. And at the end of the day, we did get some luck when we won the World Cup back in 66 with that third goal, which, let's be honest, wasn't over the line. Hate to say it, but it's true. I mean, people were sort of saying that England were like cheating to win. I mean, I do think Raheem Sterling does go down too easily too much of the time. I will say that. I mean, apart from that, absolutely brilliant game from Raheem today. Like his pace is constant runs, even into deep into extra time it was really impressive. What impressed me a lot was the uh, passing the ball round in extra time. It was so composed. Like, you never see England composed like that. I mean, it's always, like, wobbly. There was, little, there was some little wobbles here and there. But overall, it was quite a composed performance under the pressure of a semi-final. I mean, apart from Kane's penalty, of course, that was rubbish. But he did get away with it, didn't he? I just find it funny that England are defined in tournaments by missing penalties and going out. And now he missed a penalty and go through to the final. It's absolutely mental. And I think it's quite a good thing, really, that that didn't go to penalty shootouts. So if you base it on the best penalty taker we've got, I had a crap penalty to the right, which was easily saved, Schmeichel, I think, would be quite confident in a penalty shootout. I think Denmark would have taken it had it gone to penalties. England conceded their first goal of the Euros, and I think that was coming. Let's be honest, it's a wonder strike. I mean, some people were... Uh, complaining about Pickford not saving it. I think it was he did get a hand to it, but he was a little bit unlucky there. And I think, actually, it was such a good strike that that's going to be difficult for any goalkeeper. So it's always interesting to look at um, Gareth Southgate's tactics. He changed the shape of the team in the second half extra time when he took off Jack Grealish, who'd already been a sub, which is quite a bit of a bold move. But it did work quite well because I think um, changing it to a five at the back really steadied things up and obviously helped with the passing I mean initially it looked like we were letting Denmark back into it a little bit but actually it worked out in the end quite a bold move to make obviously you don't really want to bring on too many defenders if you've got to have a penalty shootout that sort of thing it's kind of a worry but a really professional performance by England and I think you've got to give them a lot of kudos for coming back from behind you know it's really England's first test of that you know never been on the back foot in this tournament in terms of the scoreline at least Denmark really defended quite well they're quite deep um, but they did defend quite well and really made it compact in the box. So was a lot of times where England were sort of getting to the 18-yard line sort of thing. just getting completely stuck because there was like nine players behind them. I have to give a very special me- mention to Casper Schmeichel, who I think might be the man of the match even though he's on the losing side because he made so many good saves. That save from Maguire was absolutely fantastic. Obviously, his penalty save got a bit unlucky with the penalty save not to push it wide or to catch it. But it's just, it just had an absolutely brilliant game. I think both keepers were very good. Um, Obviously, Pickford had a great save from Braithwaite and I think Dolberg as well. It just feels kind of surreal, this though, doesn't it? Like, like in my lifetime, I only remember England losing tournaments. So I'm so conditioned to that. I sort of expected that because I was seeing all the hype as it was going, and even Atomic Kitten released Southgate, You're the One this week. And it just felt like you get to that point of, where it's peak hype of the tournament. And that seemed to be right now. We're at peak hype. And it's usually when that happens, England go out. And that's what you're so expecting to happen. And this time it didn't. And you know, had the luck not gone England's way, it could have been quite a different story. Uh, but you do need a bit of that, And I do, I do think England are sort of seen as the enemy by the rest of Europe almost, because like, like it feels like we're sort of getting through in some matches by not playing the best kind of football. We'll talk about the final a little bit later, but the Italy match is definitely going to be the biggest test of this England side. I pretty much guarantee that Southgate's going to have five at the back for that one. And Italy try and counter attack as quickly as they can, and that's a great ball down the middle. What a superb challenge by Laporte, but Chiesa's onto it. Chiesa! We move on to the other semi-final which saw Italy take on Spain, it was the 4th time in a row these sides faced each other at the Euros and history was on the side of the Spanish. They beat the Italians at Euro 2008 on penalties and 4-0 in the final of Euro 2012, but Italy got a win back when they knocked Spain out of Euro 2016. With both nations now in a very different position, Italy were the favourites going into this one. Could the Italians continue their dominant reign, or would Spain reach their third final in four European championships? So the ball fell to Obo in the box, a decent save from Donnarumma denied him. Insigny played it to Emerson, who came into the side for the injured Spinanzola. Emerson hit the bar from a cute angle. In the second half, Oyapapal laid it off to Basquets. He hit it over the bar with his right foot. Barella played it to Chiesa, his low shot from the right was saved by Simón. Italy were on the counter-attack, Donnarumma rolled it out to Verratti, he played it into Insigni on the left. Insigni's through ball was fantastically cut out by Laporte, but it was all in vain as Chiesa picked up the ball, took it onto his right foot and curled it into the net, a lovely goal to make it 1-0 Italy. Coquet chipped the ball into the box for Yafaval. he missed a header by a matter of inches. Chiesa beat three Spanish defenders with a great through ball, but just couldn't put it in the net though from a tight angle. Spain's substitute Morata played a 1-2 of Olmo and it easily slotted home into the left corner. 1-1 and Morata was ecstatic. That's how it was at full time. Italy won, Spain won. So that means in both semi-finals we had extra time. In extra time, Olmo hit a low free kick from the left-hand side. It needed a save from Donnarumma. The ball ping-ponged around the box but couldn't find the net. Moreno crossed it in from the right with his left foot. Morata almost got ahead to it, but Donnarumma punched it away. Luckily, he didn't have a Loris situation where he punched the striker. After extra time, it was Italy 1, Spain 1, so that meant only one thing penalties. So, the first penalties. Locatelli had a low shot to the left, but it was saved by Simon. Almost stepped up and he skied it, so still 0 0 after one penalty each. Belotti hit a Rude Van Nistelrooy-style penalty into the bottom left corner. He was never missing that. Moreno was next and he stuck it in the top of the net. 1-1. Benucci sent the keeper the wrong way and Thiago coolly put the ball into the bottom left corner. 2-2. Bernadeschi chonked it into the top corner with his left foot. Morata stepped up and, oh no, he went from hero to zero here with a poor penalty that was saved by Donna Donnarumma. At least it was on target though, unlike Omo's effort. Giorgino just needed to score to send Italy through and he wrong-footed the keeper. His low shot was to the right and in the net. Italy won 4-2 on penalties and will return to Wembley for the final on Sunday. This was such a great game of football, worthy of a Euro semi-final. In fact, it really probably deserved to be the final. The play was anything but cagey. It was end-to-end stuff. I think this is Spain's best performance of the whole tournament. They took the game to Italy and really were the better side. looked like they might win after that Morata goal. Italy managed to steady the ship in the second half of extra time and you had to fancy them to win the shootout when you look at Spain's poor penalty record at this competition. Spain have been the most entertaining side of the Euros and it's a shame to see them go. If they had got through, they would have had the chance of equaling Portugal's record of winning the Euros by only winning one game in 90 minutes. Extra time in all three knockout games took its toll, even if they only played 30 minutes more than Italy did. It's a shame for Morata as he missed the penalty after his hard work to get the equaliser, but he didn't look confident at all when he stepped up. The Spanish have done incredibly well to get this far, especially when considering their turbulent start to the tournament with Covid cases and the fact Luis Enrique only selected 24 players when he could have had 26. Italy had the class of Chiesa to see them through. He's been a really important player for them as this tournament has progressed, I must give special mention as well to Donnarumma as he made some very important saves including that penalty from Murata. but Italy haven't looked as dominant in the knockout rounds as they did in the group stages. I think Spain's possession football made it difficult for them to get into the game as much as they would have hoped. While the Italians look beatable, I think they're definitely the favourites to lift the trophy on Sunday night. So once again on Twitter, at YOHeros, I was looking for your Dream 11s. And this time, uh, in honour of the little car that came on to deliver the ball in the Spain vs. Italy match and also the opening match and had a long disappearance, we are asking for your dream 11s of cars. At Bad WWE Stats says in goal, dead metal from Robot Wars. He would probably slice up any attack. A back four of 90s F1 backmarkers. Minardi 40... (laughs) Fundamental and Andrea Moda. I've got to be honest, I'm not sure. I don't know. recognize any of those names. In centre defensive midfield, a London bus. No, no one's getting through there. Uh, right mid, Boulder Mobile. Left mid, Herbie. And the Gadget Mobile as attacking mid. A nice diamond um, midfield there. And up front, RV's for, RVD's four-wheel ATV from Crush Hour and the Mystery Machine. I would have got away with it too if it wasn't for that pesky striker. David Gray says truckosaurus in goal. That'll do it. And John Preston's Jaguar and the other Jag on the uh, as wing backs. Jean Hunt's Cortina and the Canyonero centre backs. That's going to be like a proper sort of English hard defence, isn't it? The Batmobile on the right wing, and Lightning McQueen on the left wing. You have to hear the left wing guy going, wow, all the time. And we've got Brum and Fab One as centre mid. Lots of love for Brum. Uh, Eddie Guerrero's low rider and kit up front. Any problem, though, you've got to be careful with that suspension, because what you don't want to do is let the ball go under the car and get stuck. So there you go. Those are your Dream 11s. If you've got more, any more Dream 11s on cars, you can tweet them to at YOHheroes. It's probably going to be our last proper one of those. We may be asking for your team of the tournament in the final. So let's look forward to the final. It's going to be England versus Italy. Can you believe we're actually saying that? When you look at the past um, meetings, obviously, there's a few that stick out. 1997, a 0-0 draw that sent England into France 98 to qualify also do you remember Euro 2012 well England and Italy had a 0-0 draw again that went to penalties in the quarterfinals and Italy won 4-2 England also faced Italy in the group stage of the 2014 World Cup a World Cup you might remember didn't go very well we lost that match 2-1 that was also the tournament where the Suarez had the biting incident but things are different now we've got an England side playing as a team Having some moments of really good football and being fantastically organised, we've got the, the, the tactical genius, I dare say, of Gareth Southgate, you know, absolutely getting it spot on every time. This is a better team than it was in 2018 when we got to the semi-finals. This team does seem to be growing in confidence. Also, you have to say a lot of luck on England's side, a lot of good things going for England, you know. They've had the rough of the green here, you know, obviously lucky penalty in the semi-final. They've had six of their seven matches at home and every other nation has only played a maximum of three. I mean, Italy have played uh, three matches in Rome. They've actually played, they're actually going to play three matches at Wembley as well because they played their second round match at Wembley. It does feel like there's an unfair advantage to England. They're basically the de facto host nation of this multinational Euros. Obviously, Italy weren't really backed as favourites when they came into this tournament, but they do have their unbeaten record going, which is over 30 matches now. Mancini has really got the side well drilled. I mean, you've got Insigni, a fantastic player. Obviously, Chiesa has really grown into this tournament. Immobile, who's been a little bit quiet in the knockout stages, might come back to life a little bit in the final. You've got the experienced centre-backs of Benucci and Chiellini. You've also got some Brazilian influence by Brazilian-born Jorginho, who obviously scored the winning penalty. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do against this England side. I think they'll have a bit more luck than they did against Spain because although England can have a little bit possession football, they're not going to dominate like Spain do. This is going to probably be somewhat similar to the Germany clash in the way that England's uh, line up. I think they're going to play a sort of a 5-4-1-5-2-3. Sort of so you'll have... Um, I uh, pretty much, I, I could sort of guess, I, I guess the lineup's going to be Pickford, Pickford in goal, Walker, Maguire and Stones as centre-backs, uh, Shaw and Trippier as wing-backs, with Phillips and Rice in midfield, with Sterling and probably Saka, and Kane up front. So we won't play the attacking midfielder, the Mason Mount, the Jack Grealish, will be there on the bench to change the formation if need be uh, but that's what I would suspect um, Southgate will line up with so they'll probably be expecting to soak up a little bit of the Italian pressure I thought the match against Germany England would have a bit more sort of counter-attack but actually they dominate the match a bit more than I expected you know overall if I'm going to give a prediction about this it has to be I think Italy are going to win they have been the best side of this tournament it's, it's only marginal though if you actually look at the stats England and Italy are basically neck and neck in terms of, you know, points One, If you looked at it on a league table, they're basically neck and neck. But I think Italy are one point ahead on goal difference or something like that. So that's how marginal the difference has been at this tournament. Obviously, they haven't played each other. So I think I would have to say, I think Italy are favourites. But it should be an enjoyable day. If you're an England fan, you know, this is a final of a major tournament. Like, whenever in your life are you going to get this again? So whatever happens... Enjoy the day and just remember whatever happens, it's the best result at Euros ever, you know. Win or lose, this will go down as the best England result at a European Championships in history unless someone beats it in the future. So it's good either way, I think. Obviously, to win it would be a major uh achievement i always worry, though when it and get way too over cocky and for the next 55 years ago oh do you remember 2020 oh that was a pandemic oh no i mean 2021 you know, the other tournament they called 2020 but it was 2021 oh yeah i remember that when england won it yeah uh, we're going on about that for the next you know 55 years Ooh. and then by the time we get to uh 2076 and we win the next tournament uh Good forbid. <laughs> so it's kind of going to be like that, isn't it? So I have to say, obviously, it's England's best chance of winning a tournament probably ever because you've got the home advantage, you've got how many teams that were expected to win, like France and co, are out, and you've got the rub of the green, really. So everything's going for you. So, really, there's not a better chance to win it than this. If you looked at the Euros from five years ago, you might remember Portugal versus France. France really were the favourites, played the best football throughout the tournament. And they lost in the final. So at the end of the day, it's just 90 minutes slash 120 minutes, depending on whether they need extra time. And, you know, England could win it. It could happen. So thank you for listening to Years of Her, a Euro 2020 podcast with me, Richard Carey. We're almost there. We're on to our final episode next time. It's going to be the final. And we're also giving out our Euro 2020 awards. Let's hope it all goes well on Sunday. Enjoy the day. Have fun. Is it coming home? Let's hope so. From me, Richard Carey, it's goodbye.